business, the team, the gossip, the results. You're listening to The Blue Room on City Talk 105.9. Good evening, welcome to The Blue Room on City Talk 105.9. Me, Peter McPartland, I'm joined in the studio tonight by Matt Jones and Dave Bennett. And, uh, lads, I think this is probably going to be the best one of the season so far. I'm hoping it's going to be anyway. Dave Downey's not here to put any kind of bitterness or sourness <laughs> in it or say Tim Howard should have saved the Chelsea goal. I heard that shout on Saturday from someone, actually. Was yeah. it Dave Downey? It's, Dave Downey at the match? Was it, it, it's a mate of mine who's just as bad as Dave Downey for hating on Howard. And that was a worldy strike of it. I mean... We, we all think he might need replacing, but come on. No, no. Give the fella a well, we'll, get, we'll get into that a bit more. Obviously, we're going to be discussing uh, Chelsea game in uh, for most of the most of the show, I think, because we've got going to get so much out of it. And obviously, in part three, we'll be looking forward to the, the game at the weekend against Swansea. Uh, first of all, Matt, just your initial reactions on the 3-1 win against Chelsea on Saturday. It was it was great. It was just um, looking at the team. I think like most of us, I was I was a bit underwhelmed. I think speaking on the show on on Tuesday, me and you said probably wanted to go at Chelsea with width and and pace on the flanks because they were struggling in the fullback areas. But I think what Martinez went for in, instead of raw pace, he went for energy in the team, and and that was that was indicative by the the way he put Bessage on the left hand side. He had McCarthy in there. And then as soon as obviously Bessage went off, it was uh, it was Naismith straight away. He was, he was another energetic player, and I think it worked superbly. It, it reminded me in a way of, of of watching Tottenham play against Chelsea on New Year's Day on January. They, they just had a lot more energy than them all over the park. They just ran off the likes of Fabregas and Matic all game. And w- when the possession broke down, Everton were just a lot sharper. They were quicker getting forward. They were quicker getting back into the, the defensive shape. And just just from one to eleven, I know it's cliche, but every player had, had a really good game. But I think the standouts, obviously, Stephen Naismith, superb finisher, the best finisher at the club, in my opinion. His movement was brilliant for all all three of his goals. And the others, I thought Ross Barkley again, mature, had a great swagger about his play, drove us forward in the second half fantastically well. Gareth Bally marshaled the team brilliantly at the, at the base of the uh, the midfield. He was probably well, was probably his best performance in in a couple of years. And I, I think at the back. The two young lads were just when you consider how old they are, nineteen and twenty-one. John Stones, you know, we we used to seeing that from him. Now it was just when you consider all what's gone on in the in the weeks before, all the pressure that was on the lad, the camera was in his face as soon as he walked out. It was just such such a mature performance. And Brendan Galloway coming in when he's when he's been injured, up against a world-class player in Pedro, and he just dealt with him like like it was nothing really. So on the whole, it was it was such an encouraging performance, and good to see so many young players in the team as well. Well, Matt's just done his uh, <laughs> one, one to eleven player ratings. So uh, um, when I seen the team sheet, I thought um, it was the first time I think since the derby at Anfield last year where seeing Barry McCarthy and Bessich on the same team sheet. So I, I was thinking, is he going to try and do something similar to what he did against Liverpool that day and play all three of them in the middle? Um, and may, maybe do Barkley wide, Co- Lukaku wide, and Kone up front. Um, but he obviously went with. The formation he's been trying to implement for the whole season, it, the the one that done so well at Southampton, the only change being in like for like Bessage bringing in for um, Cleverly who was injured, and obviously he wanted to add in 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 Bessage's pressing what Cleverly brings to the uh, table, but what we're going to be lacking. But um, I thought he got it spot on. I think it was uh, obviously a bit of a stroke of fortune that. 
it, it happened in the way that Bessic gets injured and, and Naismith comes on. But you've got you, you can't say, oh well, he got it wrong. He, it was good in play management management from Martinez because no one would have really called Naismith being the substitute there with there being two wingers sat on the bench that or, or three wingers sat on the bench that could have came on and made an impact. But he made made a great call in putting Naismith on in the game. It's similar to where uh, when we played one of the benchmarks of Martinez's tenure at Everton where you think for a complete performance the Arsenal game isn't it the other year mm. when we won 3-0 at home it was similar to that in a way in, in that on that day he, he, he maybe made a bit more of a conservative selection in his start in 11 in Leon Osman Osman got injured after about five minutes of that game and um, he, he brought in Barkley who was more of a threat and, and he played a big part in us sweeping Arsenal aside 3-0 on that day and in similar fashion he he has he has the fortune in that the substitution works so well for him and and it, it put it put us on the front foot even more having Naismith on the pitch and uh, what can you say about Stephen Naismith we all all three of us said on deadline day um, actually you might not have been here Ped, I think but Dave Downey <laughs> I was saying it somewhere <laughs> but but you know when you see Evertonians clamouring to set to to drive the lad to Norwich to sell him for eight million eight one it was on deadline day and we didn't have anyone in but two. He's worth more than eight million, and people were salivating that eight eight million was over the odds for Stephen Naismith. When, when you think of players like Ross McCormack who have gone for like eleven million, <laughs> I did, this is like Stephen Naismith is a is a big game player in the Premier League, and you stick him in front of goal, as Matt said, you want him in you want him in them situations more than anyone else in our squad when a big moment arrives in a big game. Well, I mean, you're absolutely spot on what you're saying there. I mean, his his, his movements and his finishing. Are absolutely superb. Um, the, I mean, the sub itself. I mean, I think, I think, obviously, with Bessage in the team, we were we were probably going for a little bit more of a co- cautious, cautious approach um, and making sure, you know, Chelsea couldn't get through that midfield because obviously, you know, I think there was a there was almost a feeling that there was going to be uh, like a wo- Chelsea were going to be like a wounded animal, really, coming off the back of the Crystal Palace defeat. Um, and I just wonder. I mean, there, there is the case of luck involved, but I just wonder. Whether Roberto Martinez looked at that first ten minutes of the game and thought, "Well, actually, if I throw a player on here who's a little bit more attacking, we we might, you know, we look like we can have a go here." I, th- I mean, it, whether you like whether it was fortunate or not, for me, Ross Barkley going more into a midfield position rather than a, an attacking or a wider position, really, really for me was the the moment of the game. Yes, Stephen Nation coming on, you know, was the catalyst and he scored the three goals, but it was it was watching Ross Barkley. Uh, develop in the middle of the park and actually take the weight on his shoulders and, and actually being able to watch Barry, McCarthy and Barkley play in midfield and think that's a three that you can trust in midfield now. But that, that was what we had the first season mm. of Martinez. It was the tried and tested. It was what we had mm. for most games and then that's why we were pulling our air out so much last season when we were crying yeah. out for Ross when he came back from injury to be just letting play his way into form in that number 10 but we just kept sticking him out wide but I think though it wasn't just that though it's not the fact that he was I think in the first season he played you know he played at the tip of, of the triangle didn't mm. he but in this game he, he felt like he was everywhere in the park he felt like you know we're all, we, we get midfielders get pushed into boxes defensive midfielder attacking midfielder whatever he he did all sides of the game he looked like a complete midfielder in this game and that's what was great about it and it led Naismith, it lets Kone, it lets uh, Lukaku just get on with being attackers and knowing that they had that bank of three behind them. You mentioned, 
you, you know, you've mentioned Barry there, Matt. Barry was fantastic because he just Gross. he just got mm. the ball, yeah. won it, and give it. And he never got caught in position. I think he got caught in possession once early on, but he never really got caught in possession because there was always that option of Ross mm. Barkley next to him to, to get it into. And um, that midfield really, really worked. And I'm, I, I'm just looking forward to seeing the progression of hopefully a 4-3-3. It might have different players involved, but that three midfield now can, I think, can be really effective. That, that's it though I think on the first day of the season we, we talked about not getting the best out of our players and, and the way that we lined up it wasn't getting the best out of Barkley it wasn't getting the best out of Lukaku and Gareth Barry as well in, in that position it wasn't really getting the best out of him but but when you play McCarthy and, and uh, Barkley kind of next to him it gives him a little more support he can drop a little bit deeper and survey the game and, and that's where he's good at he's good at seeing those passes picking them off and, and then moving the ball forward but the most encouraging thing for for Bar- when it comes to Barkley, from my point of view, is that he seems to have realised now that that it's got to be him. It's got to get a grip of these games. And you mentioned there, he's got a lot more freedom. He, he's coming deeper and getting the ball off the defenders. He's driving forward of it. He's barging plays like Nemanja Matic and, and John Mikel off the ball. He looks big. He, look, he looks strong. He, he he's happy to, to to carry the ball forward, take responsibility in attacking areas. And I know there's there's a couple of times on Saturday when his, his final ball did let him down a little bit, but he's got four assists now this season, and he had one in total in the last two campaigns. So he's improving in that area of his game as well. And it's it was just. It's how I love to see Everton play, and I know Martinez is, is, is modus operandi. He's kind of this this fastidious passing style and and slow build up play. But we've all said time and time again, this team is at the best when they're dynamic, when they're mm. flying forward, and when they're exploiting space against teams when they when they come forward against us. And, and all three of the goals of the weekend were examples of short short sharp passing into dangerous areas, clever movements, and then really clinical finishing as well. It all comes from confidence for me. I I've, I think Barkley. It's not. It's not like all of a sudden he's going about the pitch. He's 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 always going about the pitch. But the difference is now he's confident and he's being effective mm. when he's going about the pitch. And um, it it it's when the shackle. It is is it so much a tactical thing? Where Martin has said, oh, you can go about the pitch more and take the shackles off. I don't think it is. I think I think when we're playing with our tails up, like we did for the most of Martin as his first season, we become a different animal. I I, I think like. When you when you're out of form, you look at situations like last season where we were very rigid and people are kicking off of us having, as you've just said, people pigeonholing two defensive midfielders being on the park. Um, that sometimes is just through fear of of playing at Goodison. I think where people are more rigid to the position. But if you look at like say for instance the um, goal where what what Naismith's second where he hits it with his left foot. That that Lukaku's out on the wing, working a good move with Kone. But James McCarthy really aggressively runs forward, similarly to how we broke against Southampton. And an aggressive forward run by James McCarthy takes the eye of Terry and a few others, and it, it just opens up the space for Naismith. And I I just think it, it it's so it's just confidence. Confidence breeds a more aggressive style of play that that we're seeing, and that that's where it it hopefully we can keep it going. I do think though, I think Roberto Martinez is is seeing Ross Barkley though. Uh, and allowing him to have a little bit more responsibility because he sees him not doing as many stupid things on the pitch, mm. and that's coming from ex- more and more experience that Ross Barkley is getting. He's 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 not losing the ball as much. He is seeing the simpler pass. He's seeing the simpler pass and getting back. I mean, the third goal. You have to look at the third goal. He plays an easy ball into Lennon. Lennon sees that he's still on and he's away. And I think Ross Barkley's starting to get that in his game where he's. I wouldn't say it's, it's trusting other players around them, but he's seen the virtue of, of a pass now. Whereas, mm. you know, in his first couple of years, maybe he would have took the player on and then lost the ball. But he's seen 
the simplicity of just laying it off on a nice little one-two now. And we're getting so much more out of Ross Barkley in those important areas. The, the challenge for him going forward, though, I think the, the teams we've played in the last four games have suited him, and he's, be, he's been fantastic. And I think he's, well, he's probably been our best player this season. But you look at the opposition we've played, Southampton, Manchester City, Tottenham, and uh, Chelsea at the weekend, they're all teams that are going to attack you whether you play them home or away. And, and, and that does leave space for him. It's what we do when we come up against teams We've got West Brom in a couple of weeks and then and then some supposed lesser sides at home. It's how he affects the game in those sorts of matches then. And, mm. and that's where I think it'll be good to see him playing alongside someone, someone like McCarthy in, in a bit of a deeper position and, and making sure he's affecting those sorts of matches as well. Going back to Stephen Naismith, obviously you mentioned the Norwich thing there. And it is interesting that he did come, he's come out after the game and said, you know, I had the chance to go to... Well, I, he, he thought over thinking about going to, to Norwich he said but it was taken out of his hands basically by Roberto Martinez who just said you're not going anywhere and he just get, got on with it and that's great it's great that there's mm. no no real fuss being made he's got on with it and he's, he's took his chance scored a hat-trick and, and you know he's going to have to be in you know Saturday's you know team now and it, it's that's what I love about a player like Stephen Naismith is that he, he's just got on with it and but you look at other players and you see other players reactions and you just think if more players had uh, a little bit of what he had you know they'd be doing a lot better at Everton Football mm. Club. Yeah, and it's it's like he's happy to play a, a role in a squad, which is so critical in in the modern game, because you you can't really keep a, a massive squad happy. It's it's really hard, and when you've got someone like him who who accepts the fact that he might dip out the team for a couple of weeks, but he's ready to bide his time, and when he comes on, f- throw everything into making an impact, and then try his damnedest to hold on to the shirt. It that's the type of thing you need. It, it I mean, I'd like to see more of our players be like that. I mean, you look at Amaralas. I mean, I I said to I said last season I, I would have probably sold Morales in the summer because I just feel like he he's sort of checked out. He's not he's not one for the cause, he's one for himself. I mean you only have to look at the goals on Saturday when the camera pans to Roberto Martinez. Morales has sat behind him with a frown on, you yeah. know what I mean? That, that's not that's not a team player. And um it, so you 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 kill for five or six more Stephen Naismith if anything. So to to fill out your squad and be effective when the games start coming thick and fast when you when you can call on someone and know they're gonna come in and do a job. He's a little bit like Tim Cale, and you need to carry him sometimes in games because what you what you lack when you when you've got on the pitch, you do lack for a bit of pace, you lack for a you know a bit of strength. But he's, he's, he's you know he's an archy player, isn't he? And you, and you need that sometimes. We we talked about Spurs the, the other week and when he came on in that game, and I think uh, a lot of people wanted Delafeu or Morales or the on, but. It, but a more attacking player to come in, in that position. But he wins free kicks and gets us up the pitch. And then, again, you've seen on, on Saturday, one of the first things he did was just get into, get into the back of Ivanovic and let him know he's there. And just, you know, he knows he's going to be in a game then. And that that kind of, it gives everyone a lift, doesn't it? It gives the fans a lift. It, it sets the temper for the rest of the team as well. So it's good to have those kinds of uh, snidey little plays in your team, yeah, as, he, as well as the intricate yeah, plays. He's, oh, yeah. he's a snide. There's no, yeah. there's no doubt about that. And he gets, as you mentioned earlier, he, he does get the crowd. You know, mm. excited because he is. He, you know, we always talk about Goodison Park, and we always think. I mean, they didn't really need to be anything on 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 Saturday. Obviously, the whole John John Stones incident, uh, sort of the the, the crowd out for Saturday. But there are players at times you have to go back to. You know, the film the film Neville tackle on Ronaldo. Mm. Those little things that can spark games, and I think Naismith can do that. It's just it's just where you fit him in on the team, isn't it? Because you mentioned there, Matt. He's not when we play when we've tried to play him in like a midfield role. He can't do it. Okay, when he's played in that sort of false number nine, he's done really, really well. But it's making sure you get consistent performance out of him because if you 
if you have to carry him at times um, against some sides, it's no good. He needs to be at it all the time. But as we've mentioned, I'd rather have a player like him who's willing to put everything into a game. You know, you mentioned there someone like Morales who, you know, it looks like he might have checked out or he's not a team player. Well, I don't mind players who are not team players, but if they come on the pitch... Make sure you're being brilliantly selfish. Do you know what I mean? There's plenty of players. Look at, I mean, the, one of the best players in the world is brilliantly selfish in Ronaldo, but that it's all about him, and mm. he puts everything mm. into being that player. Manalas, I don't. I think it's like a halfway thing. He he doesn't. He wants to be something, and yet when he plays football, he never truly commits to being that yeah. that thing either. And it's so frustrating because he's so good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because yeah, he, he and he could be so good. Well, look, West Ham last season in the cup was the perfect example. He come off the bench. He obviously had something to prove. He, he did it. He, you know, they kicked him left, right, and centre. He just got on with it. He scored a great goal, set Lukaku up, and had a you know everyone was raving about him. And then the next game, he, he just disappears and. That's the problem with someone like Morales. You know, he won't take the kicks. He won't. You know, if he if he gets a knock, he'll go down and he'll stay down. And fans don't want to see that. Let's be honest. Mm. And when we play like we did on Saturday, you think that's that's the perfect style for him, isn't it? When when we're playing on the counter attack, yeah. we're flying forward. That's where he's great at carrying the ball forward. But going back to Nice with him and where we fit him in, I think that position on the left could be could be ideal for him, especially with with Galloway who's playing behind him, who's who's a more Orthodox defender. If you, if you're playing there with Leighton Baines and Baines is getting forward all the time, it leaves you a little bit exposed on that side. Whereas if you've got someone like Galloway, who's you know a natural centre back really, but he's playing at left back, he gives you a bit more assurance on that side, and it gives Naismith that freedom to kind of come in off the flank like he did so effectively on Saturday. Yeah, right. Uh, coming up in part two, we'll be talking a lot more about this game, including John Stones and Brendan Galloway. We'll be right back on the Blue Room. This is the Blue Room. One hour, everything Everton. The Blue Room on City Talk 105.9. Welcome back to the Blue Room on City Talk 105.9. Me, Peter McFarland, Matt Jones, and Dave Bennett in the studio. Uh, obviously, the first part of the show, we talked a lot about Stephen Naismith, but we, one name we haven't mentioned is obviously John Stones, who was, well, before the game, he was the focus of everything, wasn't he? He was the focus of all the cameras, all, all the media, all the fans' attention, whether it be Everton or Chelsea, let's be honest. Um, and let's be honest, a lot of people want to see how he reacted, whether he'd sink or swim. And for me, gents, he was absolutely fantastic. I would go as far as to say that was one, if not John Stones' best performance in an Everton shape, considering everything that was surrounding this game. Yeah, completely agree. He was he was immaculate, wasn't he? He didn't, didn't put a foot wrong. And you look, you look at the way Diego Costa bullied our two centre halves in, in this fixture last season when he played Jagielka against Jagielka and Distan, two really experienced campaigners. And 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 this lad, I know Costa's not a full tilt, but but Stones just he just shrugged him off, didn't he? he made it look easy, he made him look like an average player. Uh, some of it, that that crow turn in the box on Pedro was just it was obscene, wasn't he? And you forget he's he's twenty one years old and and centre half is such a tough position to play for in the Premier League and he he's just you know anyone who's saying he, he wasn't worth he's not worth the forty million that Chelsea were looking to pay for him this summer just 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 take a look at that performance and well the Real Madrid rumours have started yeah, <laughs> yeah so. didn't no respite but yeah I I I think we said it before I think he's that good I think he's if he went to Chelsea this summer he would have been doing himself a disservice I think if he stays at Everton for a, a year or two more continues developing he, he could play for, for one of the very very top sides in Europe and you know, it, it's just, I just love watching him play you know it sounds quite simple and 
you, you go the game and you just look forward to seeing him, seeing him, <laughs> seeing him defend. And you, you, you don't really say that often about centre halves, but with him, he's just a joy to watch. He makes the position of centre half look sexy, doesn't he? He does. He does. <laughs> um, the kids a lot want to be playing yeah. there now, aren't they? <laughs> um, the, 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 you mentioned Jaggy Elka. I think that also he, he has mm. to get a mention because Stones is getting the best out of Jagielka. When you think Jagielka was having a lot of question marks mm. raised about him this time last year, and he he's his performance has gone up a notch now, and it's it's not just Stones; it's Jagielka as well. There's a really strong it's a partnership. Partnership. Yeah. And and as you say, you need these partnerships all, all over the pitch. We we always used to stress it like your Baines and your Pinas and your your, your Konez and Lukaku is there. I say, <laughs> yeah. but um, but yeah, no, having them two there now, you can really see a solid base. And I mean, England could do a lot worse than I know. Both of them started the San Marino game, the lesser of the two qualifiers recently, but. England could do a lot worse than just sticking with them two because they play every week together at Everton and going into the Euros that it might just play into John Stones' favour that he's at Everton yeah. to be to be having a starting berth next summer. I don't think I don't think we've ever had any worries about them two when they're playing together, have we? You think last season when the defence was, was crumbling, it was when this stand played for the first half or when Alcaraz came in for the first half. Whenever those two have been together at the back, we've typically been fine and you look at the attacking quality they had on the pitch. I know they've not been in good form, but you've got Hazard, Fabregas, Pedro, Costa, and Tim Howard didn't have, didn't have a save to make in the match. And I think that's testament not only to the to the back two, but how the, the team defended as a whole. Both fullbacks were tenacious and energetic. And the, the two in front, as we mentioned on the first it's, half, was so good. It's the consistency, though, I think, out of the partnership as well. They've both got defined roles. And I think what, what the problem was last season, they were, I mean, let's not sugarcoat it. There were times last season when they played together when they were, you know, they, they were, we were poor. You know, yeah. I, I think back to like the Villa game late on in the season where they, they just, I don't know, the understanding wasn't there. But I think what I think what's helped is they have settled down now. There's John Stones is the number one centre back with with Jagielka. They are the number one pair, and uh, there's no one else waiting in the wings. And they've got defined roles. John Stones' role is to play the ball out the back, to come out the back. Phil Jagielka does what he does best. He's the stopper. He's the old-fashioned centre-back. He's the organiser. Um, and it suits both of them. Even even the fact that Phil Jagger's on the left-hand side of the two helps him out because he doesn't have to worry too much. I mean, if you go back 12 months ago, I know I think uh, one of the... I think it might have been match of the day, I'm not sure. They were analysing the show. And, uh, I know it was, actually, it was actually Monday Night Football. And they were analysing the Chelsea game from last season. And it was Distan and Jagielka. And when Jagielka got the ball, or Distan got the ball and passed it to Jagielka, the, the, the nervousness <laughs> on the, uh, everywhere was, was, was clear to be seen. But when, when um, John Stones get the ball, there isn't no nervousness and players move into space. And it's more like players are moving into space to react to the pass rather than moving into space reacting to him losing the ball, yeah. which is what you felt like when Distan or, or Jags mm-hmm. had that last season. So it's having those defined roles that I think is... It's also helped that, you know, Ch- Seamus Coleman started the season quite comfortable. Um, left back... We've got, you know, in, in Galloway, who we'll talk about a little bit more in a moment, he's, he seems really comfortable in that position as well. And he's, he is another centre-back as well. So it's it's a lot more defensive. There's a there's not someone gallivanting up the link, wing all the time. Um, and, it, and it looks brilliant. And the only thing I can say about John Stones is when you hear people talking about Bobby Moore, you know, when people go, I love to watch Bobby Moore. Mm. And I can only imagine this is what they've seen. And... I know, I know he doesn't do it every single game as much as he did in this one game, but he, he did it against the champions of England and he, he made Costa look like a fool. He made John Terry at the other end look like a fool because his performance mm. was so good. And it wasn't just um, him coming out the back with the ball, it was his 
heading. It was his uh, it was his defending in terms of getting himself in front of the ball. It was reading the game, winning tackles, and then when he did get the ball, I mean the second half cameo, he just got the ball, walked out to the fence, walked around three Chelsea attackers, and then sprayed the ball wide. And then even later in the game, when he was playing right back. He was getting himself forward and trying to get crosses in the and box. He was a big part of the third goal, wasn't he? Yeah. So it all comes down that right hand side. It starts there, but that, that that's the que- that that's the question we've got to ask ourselves now, though, isn't it? Say Coleman three weeks out, mm. maybe going into the derby. Is that the move that we make? Do we move Stones wide and go with Funes Mori, yeah. or do we look for a different solution at right back? Because that that would worry me a little bit. Splitting them two up at the moment, I wouldn't split them two up now. I think you'd have to look for something different. It's it, a lot of what we last season went wrong was we didn't build those partnerships in the team. McCarthy was out injured a lot. Jagielka was, was out. Stones was out. Coleman was out for a long time. And now we seem to have got a a, a solid shape there with, with those three, especially. And I know the left back's been a bit of bit of an issue, and we'll come on onto that in a minute. But I think I think the manager deserves some credit as well. We 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 you know he's got a lot of stick <laughs> the last the last year or so, and he's. He's done brilliantly. I think his stance on Stones throughout the, the the entire sum was was brilliant, and then even just just little things, you know, saying he was singing the John Stone song in the shower, it, it, it endears the fans to him again, doesn't it? And well, he, when we're he, winning, they're always endeared to yeah, him. It's yeah, when he's it's, still like that when we're losing. But yeah, I think I think he's made a lot of good moves and a lot of good decisions so far this season. He's not not been perfect by any means, but a lot of there's been a lot of things he's done so far, which I think those who were kind of strayed into to doubt on him last season. He's probably starting to win a few people back and being a lot more pragmatic in defence and I'm, I'm more willing to, to grind out results. That's is the word. Pragmatic's yeah. the word. We've sat here all last season talking about how many games we lost because we didn't have full squads out because of European games or whatever and how many times we went into games and threw everything at it when we didn't have our best team or we had a team that looked tired. And this season so far, what I can see is we, we haven't th- threw the style out the window. We're just playing a, a much more effective version of it. We're moving the ball so much faster. Players are moving off each other. We're playing a counter-attacking style again. I don't know whether that's because of the teams we've played so far have helped us. But even when we played Spurs, I never felt like when we played Spurs, I know there was a few dodgy moments, but it always felt like we'd set up not to get beat. Almost as a statement, as in because of the John Stone situation, like we're going to get a... We're gonna get a clean sheet today, and you're mm. gonna, and that's gonna show John Stones' his mind is right. But even that game, I felt like he, he didn't mind going there, grabbing a point, and and you know just keeping it going. And, and I think, I think that's that. That's why you cried out for last season. Well, exactly. So, much. so, I, so I've got to give the manager loads of praise <laughs> yeah. because those kind of games will will. I just think last season we would have got an extra something like twelve points, and I think we would have finished in European places. If we just played a little bit more like that, a little bit cleverer, and I'm glad to see that Martinez seems to have evolved the style a little bit more. Again, what a lot of people are crying on for, and it, it doesn't look any worse, yeah, does it? It nah. looks fantastic when you watch some of the football this season, some of the goals, the goals in the Southampton game, the goals, all three goals on Saturday, I thought were brilliant for mm. all different reasons, but they were all really, really good goals. And the encouraging thing is as well that the team that started the weekend, that I think it was six players who were 24 years and under, so. He's quietly built a team there which is full of really good up-and-coming young players. You look at Stones and Barkley, he's gave them the chance. I think the other four were Bessic, Lukaku, uh, Galloway and, and one other. But he, all those players in that team have, have come in and been given the chance under him and he, he's took them on fair. They've all developed the game a lot under Martinez. And I know we're all a bit disappointed about the, the signings we made in the summer and we maybe could have done a little bit more. But... That core of players we've got that are coming through is something that's really something to, to really get excited about, I think. 
Yeah, well, I, I don't mean to say I told you so, Matt, but I think <laughs> on deadline day, I, I said that I'm obviously gutted there wasn't a marquee number 10 mm. coming, but I did say, you know, what we've got isn't the end of the world oh, know, by yeah. a far Absolutely. stretch. And some people were, were trying to make out that, you know, it, it, mm. we, we've been a totally yeah. ad off. And I mean, yeah, of course, like any Evertonian, we, and also I'm saying I told you so to all the listeners that tweeted in mm. on that night <laughs> and gave me loads of grief for being so positive. It's only one game. Dave. You have, <laughs> no, yeah, you no, have, no. You, but you have, you have got to sometimes realise that, that we have got a, a really good mm. core of players at the club. And, and as you say, the academy is, continues to churn out albeit some of them have been brought in yeah. at a young age like you like to your Galloways and Coleman's and people like that but um, it, it's and Stones it's looking it's looking really good promising for the season ahead I think I do think that we can do the treble <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but, but, um, but no seri- in, in all seriousness I, I do I do think we can be really competitive in the division and be challenging in the upper echelons for it and, and go and win a cup I don't see why not uh, I will. I'm, I'll keep my powder dry on the squad for now. <laughs> Wait, come back to me in November, and we'll, we'll we'll talk about the squad then because that's when it. I mean, the bench looked great, except there was about four right wingers on it. Um, but 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 it looked it looked. But they but they all could, it was it was a it was a very attacking oh, bench, yeah, and, it, and I mean, albeit wing, I'd say the only the only one of them that was a, you could only say is could only play on the wing was Lennon. I think the other one. I, th- I think Lennon could play in other positions. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't really put Lennon anywhere mm. else personally, but I wouldn't mind. I, you could put Delafeo and, and Morales in a number ten. I, I wouldn't see any problem but with that. that you though, put Delafeo up even, front. Even the bench is quite in a way is pragmatic because, like you've just said, I think he he, he trusts players to play in other squ- other positions now. You only have to go back to the Barnes game with Tom Cleverley playing right back. I think he trusts other players, so he's 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 almost thought of it like that as well, that it doesn't need to be the bench doesn't need to be a player for every single position because there was a, a goalie, a centre back, Leon Osman and the rest were all wingers. So um that that shows you that he, he's he's willing to move people around now. Um you mentioned Brendan Galloway who I thought was outstanding. Uh, he, he was outstanding. In fact the fact that he had no no one really in front of him the entire game uh, he got, you know, Ivanovic tried to get one on one with him so many times, but I just thought he was outstanding. His cross for the for the, obviously the first goal was was brilliant, and you know it it looks like he's developing into a a top class player, and it looks like he's getting a new contract as well to keep he's, clubs away from the door. I was gonna say, he's only being linked to him, right? Yeah. Isn't he? He's gonna be, he's gonna be like Stones again, boy. You've got to act fast, haven't you? Oh, now? exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, But it's just the fact that he came. He's had a, he had quite a bad injury, didn't he? He had, he had a cut. You know, it was it was something quite serious, and he came back into the team, not played for a few weeks, mm. and like 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 I said in the first part, Pedro is a, a top quality player. He's got two goals and, and and two assists already this season since he's come in and been on fire, and, and he just shut him down. He's yeah, and, and he we, threw Hazard we, out exactly, there at, yeah. at the beginning of the game. Yeah. You can see, I think, Mourinho fought. Yeah. He can be got out here. He went off injured in the last game against mm. City and he, he he stuck Hazard out there for a little spell early on and he got no change out yeah. of him either. So And it's even just little things like his, the stamina of him. Yeah. I seen I think it was in later in the second half, you know, he was taking like a he was taking like an energy paste on, you know, because obviously he is quite he is still young. Uh, he's still trying to get that stamina. That was what his only what was that his sixth Premier League start yeah, was it probably, something like yeah. that as well. Um, so you know, but he's developing. And what what what's great about it? I mean, his future isn't at left back. But even if he you know if he comes inside and plays left side of of the centre defence, yeah. you just think you've got another classy mm-hmm. centre back there, mm-hmm. someone who reads the game really well, someone who's got that little mm-hmm. bit of pace, can get himself out of trouble, and is quite comfortable in the possession of the ball as well. And when you see him going up the wing and cross. Putting crosses in to go- for goals, you just think, you know, we found another one. 
yeah. you know, we found another one that when you get them and you think, oh, it, you know, you buy kids and you go, oh, this, you'll ne- we'll never see this kid again, which does happen to a majority, but it's great to see the fact that, you know, six to t- 12 months after you get them, you're seeing them in the first team. That, that gives so much hope, I think, to, to these other players that we're bringing in, like uh, Rodriguez and people like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. But as I just mentioned, a few, quite a few of them have came to fruition now, haven't they? Yeah. Like, you're talking like three and four of them have been signed at a young age where people have gone, oh, we need to be buying more stable, p- progressive mm-hmm. premiership players that are already cemented as a Premier League player, but we're buying them young at a good rate and they're becoming top class Premier League players yeah. who are worth a hell of a lot more than what we paid and at Everton that's the way we've got to do things sometimes they, yeah, you've just hit the nail on the head Everton have to do that because if they don't if they're bringing if they're not bringing lots of you know first teamers in they've got to be seen to be doing something so those players have got to be coming into the first team within a within a, within a year it's it's strange because Conor McLeary's gone back on loan again you know and there's one he's about, about 32 now I know, that's what I'm saying. He's, he's got more clubs than Jack Nicholas um, when you see players like that that sometimes you just sometimes think oh well you know how many how many how many more times are you gonna have to go on loan but I suppose that's the flip side of it isn't it but it, it is great to see players come in and Again, like you said before, Matt, the, there's a young core now to the mm. side. The side is getting younger and younger, and um, it's weird. It, it's weird for me as well because I think the fact that Galloway is in there and he's a lot more defensive has added something to the team. The the, the midfield can be a little bit more, mm. you know, can be a little bit, bit more freer. And and whereas last season we had someone protecting on the left side or helping Baines get forward, that hasn't been needed mm. this season so far. And the attacks come from other other parts of the of the team. It gives you options, doesn't it? As well, you know, we all love Leighton Baines. He's been a great player for us. But if you're playing like if you're going away to a difficult venue or you're playing someone really good at home and you want to sit and counter attack. Mm. He could be a good option to just play in in that sort of match, and just he's probably better at soaking up pressure and reading the game. So, you know, it, it bodes well. He's looking strong. He's he's looking big, and he, he just seems to be getting confidence every every single game. Yeah, good stuff. Right, coming up in part three, we'll be looking forward to Saturday's game against Swansea. Don't go away. One hour, everything Everton on City Talk one hundred five point nine. Welcome back to the Blue Room on City Talk one hundred five point nine. With Peter McParland, Matt Jones, and Dave Bennett in the studio for the last part of the show. Swansea Saturday three o'clock kickoff three o'clock kickoff it's one of them mm. um, it's 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 a difficult one this but it's funny because Swansea we were told that they were having a fantastic start to the season and you know they were one of the form sides and everyone's tipping them for European places and mm. I know it's only early in the season but we find ourselves ahead of them at the moment in the table. Oh, I think I think they've still had a good start. I think they still look quite impressive in some of the matches and they've got some 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 really good players so. I'll be a bit worried about right, <laughs> completely I'm writing them off. I'm not writing them off. Like, I'm but... just saying a lot of people out there saying mm. they've had a, a magnificent start but of the season and we're ahead of them. I think they are, they are quite similar to Everton in a way. They, they're the team that seem to excel when they are, are given space. Uh, they've got players who are, who are good on the counter-attack. Uh, Gomez, Ayu. But they've got they've got a bit of variety in there as well with uh, with Montero and Sigurdsson. I think they're both really good players. So I love uh, Jack Cork. Yeah, he's he's uh, he's done really well, hasn't he? In there. But it, it's... It's going to be an interesting one. I think both teams will be tentative about uh, going going forward too much. Uh, I'm not sure either team will want too much of the ball. I think they'll be quite happy to, to sit and counter attack. So it could be quite tentative for the first first few stages. But I think we'll go there with similar t- sort of game plan to Southampton. Wouldn't want to see too many changes from from Saturday's team against Chelsea based on how well we played. So. It's so, got to yeah, be the same team, yeah, but it? it's just yeah. Smith in for best. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's something we've done well, and I, I know it's people say that doesn't count for much, but 
I think it does. If you go somewhere and you've, you've got you've got good memories, you, the players have performed well there before. I think it can count for a lot. It does when we go to Anfield. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's well, it, 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 yeah. it's it's such a very happy hunting ground for us, isn't it? I think we'd won every year up until last season. That was only in the League Cup, yeah. but that didn't matter. They've but, never, I don't think they've ever we, beaten us in the Premier League. We, we yeah, but, but that's what I'm saying. The, 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 the run of wins came to an end last mm. year, but we, we are unbeaten there in the Premier League. Mm. And yeah, I mean, why why not go there and, and be put put on a, a, a show? It's, it's similar to the Southampton game because... Mm. They're going to come at us like Southampton did, and it's a it's a nice open pitch there where we can we can go and exploit them on the counter attack and and be aggressive in the counter attack on them. Um, you've got to play the same team. I just as I say, worry about what we talked about earlier. If if Coleman doesn't make it, how do we go about changing that? The op- the option is maybe Oviedo comes in and just plays as a right back on the other side, similar to the way Gomez and Aspilicueta do in the Premier League. It, it's 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 not a, a an undone thing. So maybe that that but would just be the sim- most simplistic way of doing it. Fit though, isn't it? I mean, Oviedo, you know, he's he wasn't fit. He wasn't on the bench. So you you wor- that's the worry, isn't it? There is no natural right back. Cle- cleverly got injured. He may have been able to go in there. Uh, Bessage might have been able to go yeah. in there, but you know he's he's struggling as well. So you you, you know. You start scratching your head, and the worry is, like we mentioned in in the uh, second part of the show, is if John Stones gets dragged over, and then Foons Mori gets put, you know, has to play left side, then you're disrupting, you know, that those two at the back, and you're also bringing in a player who, you know, okay, he came on for 15 minutes or so on Saturday, but you're bringing in a player in an away game for his first game, playing against a very good side, you know, all those things we don't they just I, don't fit well. I think he'd be willing to give a young player a chance, to be honest. I think he's done that before. If you look at, remember his first season when we had both first choice centre backs injured, and, he, and we were all talking about, was oh, he going to throw John Stone straight in the team, or was he going to move someone out of position? And he, and he played them in, and that, that was the making of him, really, was it? He's not really looked back since then. And yeah. we've got players there. I think Browning and Pennington are both more natural centre backs, but I'd say. They're more natural right backs than John Stones is, and you don't want to disrupt is, that. Is Pennington meant to be a, a centre back? I believe so. Yeah, and so he, he about right, five foot, isn't he? He played yeah. right back for Tramie, yeah, didn't he? he? And he played right back against Barnsley, and I didn't think he did too it, badly about against say, Barnsley. Yeah. No, yeah. I did. People sort of get lost in it that he got hauled off at yeah. half time. That was more tactical, yeah, I think, and he and didn't also, do too bad at all. And also in that game, we had the whole John Stones saga. Uh, Phil Jagielka wasn't playing too well, and he didn't have anything in front of him with, with McGeady either. Mm. And I think he just it, it was it was more of a tactical decision. I don't think he had a terrible game, but it'd be asking a lot. But I mean, you can can imagine if he played and you've got Galloway on the other side, and you've got John Stones in the middle <laughs> of the, the park. The worry is that that Monteros gives some right backs a, a really ton of time. Actually, this season, I think yeah. every game that he's played, the, the right backs come off, you know, with his with his head twisted around and he's still and tentative the blood, to start yeah. this Montero though. He starts yeah. rolling, you think, over him on played, Saturday again. You think, why does he keep pulling Montero's momentum off him? Because mm. every time he does, you see him playing for Swansea, as you say, he's twisting blood yeah. inside out. But you, you worry if. if if Coleman doesn't play, and you know Monk's going to know, isn't he? He's going to see that there's a player there at right back who's not used to playing there, and, and, and that's an area that they could target. So it'll be interesting maybe to see if he plays Aaron Lennon on the right hand side in this one, just because of his work rate, getting back and covering that position. But hopefully Coleman will be fit, and, and we won't change. Lennon right back. Well, but we could. What, 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 what I was saying, saying yesterday was that <laughs> he, at the back. he could play three at the back, and Lennon as, as a wing back. I think he, I don't think he'd do too badly in that position. And it is more of a specialist role, but he's got. But then you're going to have Naismith as left wing back in the game. It's he, like he changed it too much, then, wouldn't you? But no, I, I'd, I'd rather give Brown and or Pennington a chance. We've we talked about all these these young players we've got coming through, and often 
you know, sometimes you just got to throw them in, haven't you? It, it can be the making of these players. So it'd it, be interesting if if we did start with Stones right back and Foons Marin. We went with four centimeters defenders. <laughs> yeah. in the so so Walter Smith, that isn't it? Um, <laughs> no, we'd have one up front as well. Yeah, be, I mean, it will be interesting. I, I think another interesting position is does he keep Kone in there as well, and you know, does he bring Lennon in? Because I think Lennon, I think Lennon in this type of game can offer a lot more energy going forward um, and, and get about the park a little bit more. Well, but Kone is a is a good foil out there. I mean, he has pr- proved that in the game so far. Uh, mo- Mobility-wise, doesn't exactly get you know around the pitch too much. And we've seen on Saturday, he very easily switches off in defensive positions. Yeah. I mean, you know, they Asta Laqueta almost got in um, for a chance to, to, to score in the first half so that that's going to be a big one because I mean mm. that's the obvious switch that's the obvious position for mm. Lennon for Lennon to come in and play in yeah but I, I think he's he'd be worried about losing what Kone brings in, in terms of getting in support of Lukaku I mean he, it's not like Kone is just playing as a winger and staying out there he's interchanging positions with Roman he's getting himself into a centre forward position during games and Lennon's not going to do that so you'd be maybe losing a bit of but what Kone's bringing the worry is though he has to bring a right back in you know who's not who's unfamiliar in the role whether it be John Stones or whether he has to bring someone like Penning into that position yeah. he's going to need more energy and well that could be that could be the pivotal factor yeah, you can't rely you can't if you've got a, a right back who's un, who's untried and untested you know then you will need some protection in front and I just don't see Coney as being that protection there's something he really obviously likes about Coney though because since that first game of the season he started yeah, he every, him, he started every, he loves about <laughs> him. He start, but he, he, start, he starts every game hasn't he and I think what he what he must like about him is that he just does the simple things really well and, and like Dave mentioned mentioned there he dovetails quite well with Rom if you look at the second goal we scored against Chelsea it was them two linking up again on on the right hand side Mm. with some really good good movement good passing and then that created the space for for McCarthy uh, Naismith and Barkley to run into so uh, he he does seem like like the ideal foil for Rom and he is quite intelligent coming off the line you've got to look at it the other way though haven't you we are going away from home and you've got to be a little bit more pragmatic but Got to look at you. It's okay starting and saying, Well, we know what Coleman can do, and we know what the centre backs. But if, if you have to, if you've got to change basically the whole well, not the whole back four, but half of the back That's four, it, yeah. and you're bringing in a, a young lad, you know, the whole team's going to be could be altered by just, just Seamus Coleman being off the team. Mm-hmm. It's mad to say that, but we've got no natural right back. I think that's one of the failings of this squad. But it goes back to something we were saying in the second part of the show, he, he, he doesn't mind other players pl- dropping into those other positions but but unfortunately all the uh, all the right back subs yeah. have, are injured as well yeah. cleverly would have been the answer I think would have just been the, mo- the I, most well, natural I don't know what the question is but yeah cleverly <laughs> no but I mean following on from how he played the position against Barnsley I think in Coleman's absence that that's the t- that's how he would have went about it well even I mean even Bessage, I suppose, but then again, I don't know. I don't know if you well, his hamstring looked like it had yeah. gone worse than Coleman. So I'd want, I'd want, a, I'd want a defender in there against these. I'd, mm. I'd want someone who, who's just solid one on one. I think, I think Brown and we've a lot of people have talked about him yeah. being one of the best one on one defenders at the club. And if you're going up against an out and out winger like him, like Montero, yeah. he could be an ideal solution. I think, in that he, and we see Brown come on against Manchester City, and obviously we playing left back, so he was a little bit out of his depth over there. But I, I think he could definitely do it. And he's the thing about Brown. He is, offers a threat. Well, yeah. it's not just that though. Brown and see the thing I like about Brown is against the winger is right. He's a big old unit, and if he puts his body between the ball. And, and the winger, the winger ain't getting past him. I don't care how fast he is because Brown's got the legs and he's a big lad as well. So I don't, he's not getting past him. He did exactly that again when he came on at Anfield, didn't he? And it was, there was a couple of times in that game last season when when uh, 
Sterling got past Hibbert that easily, and then he mm. came on and just scored up that side. And he's got the legs to get up and down the line as well. Well, he got his equaliser that day, didn't in it? that game, yeah. yeah. So, and that came from him being a big yeah. lad, shielding the ball in the corner, kept it in, got it over, and mm. we got a goal. And as I was saying then, he's a threat from a set piece. Yeah. He took an header off Duncan Ferguson in his testimonial. So, <laughs> you know, we, we might actually see us score from a corner yeah. if we put it in the box, that is. That's another thing, just another, another good thing about our play at the weekend and then was, was the defender from set pieces. We, it seems like we've improved a lot in that, in that respect. Those times last season when we were really dodgy and... We looked at a major vulnerability, but Chelsea had some big lads in that team, and they, I think they had 15 corners in the match, and we, we defended all of them really well. Just praying they don't concede us a piece on Saturday now. Yeah, against a team of, uh, well, they're not midgets. Like, but <laughs> I, I, listen, I just don't want Gomez to score because that celebration is awful. I'm just putting, it out, I'm putting it out there now. Go, the Panther. The Panther. The celebration's terrible. Yeah, it's one of the worst. Like, Still not took Sturridge's mantle yet, but. It's up there. I don't mind. It's a bit, just a bit different, isn't it? I, I, you know, I can't imagine him doing it in front of the Gladys Street light. But <laughs> be no way to go. Would there really be no way to go with that celebration doing the Gladys Street? Um, I can imagine this is going to be a, a really good team, and I, and I think it suits us. I just think the style of play suits us. That's yeah. ones you play, and I think uh, I think it's a big chance again to get to get some points, which we're going to need. Obviously, this game and obviously West Brom with some of the some of the games coming ahead. There's some. Well, but you I'm, should. When you see t- Tony Pulis on the yeah. fixture list, that idea, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, forget about October. <laughs> it's Tony Pulis's cap anyway. Um, lads. Fantastic to have you back on the show. Uh, just gutted down. He wasn't here to find something negative about the week. But anyway, we'll be back next week on The Bloom. Hopefully, it'll be another happy, smiley show. We'll see you then. Good night. The Blue Room on City Talk 105.9.